We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. It is Monday, January 22nd. Nick Whalen, Alex Barutha, back with you. We've had a weird couple of weeks, Alex. We had, you know, no show last Monday with the MLK Day. Uh, we had a bunch of games going on, a lot of kind of background work to do. You know, I think I think New Year's Day ended up being a Monday as well. So I feel like we haven't been doing this one uh, as consistently as we'd like. But, uh, you know, up until the All-Star break, it will be on our normal schedule, although we're not too far away from that at this point. Uh, before we dive in on waiver wire, uh, you know some notes from the weekend. Looking ahead to the week ahead, we'll talk about the schedule. Uh, you know some some teams, some situations that you need to be aware of. How was your weekend? Uh, are are you still processing the Green Bay Packers loss on Saturday? I, I know I know you're not maybe as big of a football guy as I am, but where are you at emotionally? Uh, look, I think the fact that I mean they got through the past the first round. Um, I mean, with a team that didn't look so good at the beginning of the season, like Jordan Love, yeah. the thing is the transformation Jordan Love went through during the season. I feel like this is a pretty good, like if you had said, you know, after week three or after week four, or maybe even further that this was the outcome that mm -hmm. you played the 49ers close um, at this point, I think people would have been actually pretty happy about that. You're not wrong whatsoever. That's an extremely rational way to look at it uh that's what i was saying that's what i was saying all week and for for the record if you're watching a long live we're both here in wisconsin that's why we're beginning with like two minutes of packers talk but that's what i was saying all week was like oh you're playing with house money you know three weeks yeah. ago we didn't even think this team would be into the playoffs they were two and five at one point and then all of a sudden you know if you're, if you're saying all we need is a close game and i'll be happy then you get the close game and you're like well you know if, if we're up by seven going into the fourth we might as well win this thing and yeah, it's uh, the group chats, Alex, have not been not been friendly uh, over these last couple of days. A, a lot of stats, a lot of commiserating being thrown around. Green Bay now uh, four and nine in divisional and NFC title games since the Super Bowl year. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I uh, just wanted to make sure you're doing all right uh, in the wake of, of yet another <laughs> devastating Packers loss. Um, let's take care of some business quick, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk waiver wire. As always, get your questions in the chat, guys. We will hit those over the second half of the pod. We'll, you know, if any of them are, are you know, kind of pertaining to what we're talking about at the moment, we'll throw those up on the screen. But get those questions in there. We will answer as many of them as we can later in the episode. We are brought to you by Underdog. 
And Underdog is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contests. If you haven't tried Underdog yet and you're a new user, you can get a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks and a free six-month subscription to our site, rotowire.com. Just use the promo code RWMBA. That's RW, as in RW McCorders, RWMBA. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog app today, and use that code RWMBA. That'll get you a free Rotowire subscription and that deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Uh, Alex, you and I have been playing on Underdog a ton. I've been, I, th- I think I've done like at least two uh, Underdog, I-, I guess I call them lineups. I don't know. Um, I don't think parlay is the right term, but you know what we're saying. I think I've done two of those like every single night of the NBA season so far. And, you know, we, we talked best ball. We did a bunch of those, you know, earlier in the summer, but uh, baseball is coming up as well. Uh, I know they have best balls available over on Underdog. So if you're a baseball guy, go check those out. We're also brought to you by FanDuel. You can tackle millions in prizes all playoffs long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now, new customers get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Playing fantasy for huge, huge, massive cash prizes on FanDuel is fun and exciting. Just draft your lineup, watch your team move up the leaderboard. Plus, on FanDuel, you can choose from full slate contests featuring a bunch of games, single game contests, season-long best ball, beginner only. Those are great if you're just getting into it. Basically, you can do whatever you want. You know, I play in a private contest on FanDuel every weekend. You know, just a couple friends here in Milwaukee. You can set up your own little contest, invite whoever you want, throw as much of the prize pool as you want. Makes for you know a nice little side game to have while you're watching football. And the best part is when you win, you get paid instantly. So playoffs going on right now. NBA season, we're right in the thick of it. Go over to FanDuel. You'll get a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Just go to FanDuel.com to start playing for huge cash prizes today. All right, already getting some good questions in the chat. Again, guys, keep throwing those in there. We will hit those in a little bit. Uh, let's talk waiver wire, Alex. Uh, a lot of waivers in the leagues that I play in at least uh, run late Sunday night. I usually find myself doing waivers like 20 minutes before the waiver wire deadline, which was once again the case last night. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot in my NFBKC. I, I threw a couple bids in, but you know, just kind of just kind of playing with the roster uh, that, that I have right now. Got LaMelo Ball back, so it should be okay there. Did you do anything in your NFBKC? I did not. Um, my team is just not doing that well. I, I I don't think it's like really savable. But I mean, the people, you know, people are pretty aggressive in in the league. I think it's that time of the year mm-hmm. where people are just like, I got I got to get my guy because how much fab do I have left, etc. Brandon Miller went for two sixteen. Of the 1,000 uh, budget in in NFPKC, Brogdon went for 115. We had Asar Thompson, Marvin Bagley, Luke Kennard all go off the board nice. uh, as well. Yeah, I'm I'm not currently doing well in my league. Uh, that's because Lamelo missed so much time. But you know, it's, one of the cool things with the NFPKC is you can you can kind of filter by week and see like you know how your team did that specific week. So I've I've been a top three team now for three straight weeks essentially, you know, with LaMelo Ball back in the mix. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we could get this thing going as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, but the injuries are, you know, just been killing me. Mitchell Robinson, I had CJ McCollum, you know, he missed time early on. Marcus Smart, um, you know, Marcus Smart, I think I might just have to drop at some point here. Uh, you know, like, like I said, I didn't do a whole lot in terms of, of fab this week, but some interesting names were, were either picked up or dropped. And I, I do wish I would have been a little bit more aggressive across the board on Mason Plumley mostly because I have a couple of leagues where I really need rebounds. Yeah, I was riding the Andre Drummond train for a while. Uh, Chicago schedule, pretty unfriendly up until the all-star break. You know, I still, 
I'm still okay throwing Drummond out there on a four game week in a 16 team league, like the Rotowire Stake yeah. League, because the other options, like I was, I was scanning through people's rosters last night just to be like, all right, where, where do I, you know, where are my deficiencies? And even the best teams in the league are starting almost everybody's starting at least two guys where you're like, man, that guy should not be in a starting lineup, but that's, you know, that's life when you're in a, in a 16 team league. Um, so I don't really mind Drummond on a four game week, you know, two game week, you can't do it three game week, maybe, maybe, uh, depending on who your other options are. But I think Mason Plumlee is a solid pickup if you need rebounds. I know he kind of split time with Tice uh, in their last game, but I still think Plumlee is the guy there. Uh, both Mark Williams and Desmond Bain were dropped in my NFBKC this week. Uh, I understand Bain. I, I guess I understand both. Um, I mean, I joked on the pod- podcast a while ago when Mark Williams went from doubtful to out. Uh, for all those games, I was like, yeah, he's probably done for the year then since they decided to actually list him as out. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Steve Clifford said he's not that close to being back. So what does that actually mean? And then Bain, you know, Bain's expected to come back maybe late February, early March. And like a lot of fantasy leagues end in March um, right. at this point, like early March, depending on how you know your league manager wants to do that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I'm going through that same calculation with Marcus Smart. And obviously there's, you know, lower upside with Smart. So, yeah, I don't think you'd, you'd really think quite as much about uh, or think twice, I should say, about dropping him. But, I mean, Bain, obviously, I mean, he could be a top 30 guy. So it's, it's a really tough decision to make. But I, I think it comes down to, you know, if he comes back before your league is over, which I, I do think timing-wise he should, right? Uh, you know, they, they originally gave us, I think, six weeks on Desmond Bain. That would mean he could be back like a week after the All-Star break. And then you're getting you're getting a month out of him. It's just the question is, you know, are the Grizzlies are they a 16 win team at that point? And they just say, you know, shut it down, or you know, you get two or three games, and, and then that's kind of it. Like I, it's super super hard to predict. I and in the NFPKC you don't have IR, right? So that's the other thing. It's like if you have an IR slot, I, I think I'm not I'm not dumping Desmond Bain quite yet. I think you know unless you're buried and you you just really can't stomach it. You know if you have an IR spot and there's nobody else who makes sense to to hold in there. I think the promise of getting him for a month or even a month and a half later in the year is, is enough that I would hold him. But if you don't have IR, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, in stake league, I just had Deandre Ayton come back and now I got to figure out who to drop. Um, smarts on my bench. This is so the, I have like, I have, the team that's too balanced. Uh, yes. I have Marcus smart, Spencer Dinwiddie, Al Horford and Dennis Smith jr. And my concern is that if I drop Dinwiddie or Dennis Smith jr, that that particular one is going to start playing better again. Uh, yeah. Like if I like if I keep Dinwiddie, he's going to start playing like crap again. And if I drop Smith Jr., he's going to start playing 35 minutes. Um, so maybe the move is just to drop Marcus Smart. Um, I don't know, but I got I got to figure out what to do there. Uh, looking through some of the moves in the stake league, which we, we kind of use as our, our standard league. Again, it's 16 teams, very competitive. Everybody knows what they're doing. So I, I think it's. You know, it kind of reminiscent of what of what a competitive league I think should look like. Maybe you know most people are playing in in twelve or fourteen teamers, so you gotta you gotta live with us mentioning guys like, man, I I'm scared to drop Al Horford. I'm scared to drop Dave right. Smith because that's that's how this league works. But I mentioned Plumley; he was one of the one of the higher dollar ads, only four bucks out of a hundred dollar budget. Shannon grabbed him. He dropped Trace Jackson Davis in order to add Plumley. Um, you know, I I put in a bid for Santi Aldama. You know, thinking, all right, you know, look good the other night. You, know, you never know with Jaron Jackson, uh, you know, Xavier Tillman, you know, has been banged up. He went for seven bucks. Uh, I did not go up to $7 for Aldama. <laughs> yeah, Aldama is one of those guys who I think we all want to be better than he actually is. Like, I've just, I'm, I'm just resigned to this 
point where it's like, yeah, Aldama's going to have like three good games. I think he's going to play like crap for four games. And yeah. then it's going to be like, you add him, you drop him, you add him, you drop him. Um, and a 16 team league, it's fine. And you can weather the storm a little bit. And maybe it pays off like way later in the year. You know, like maybe in March, it does. He's actually playing 35 minutes a game and, right. and is doing that. But um, it's it's almost as frustrating to roster him as it is to not roster him. Yeah, in a way. Um, so our guy DJ Trainer, he ended up adding GG Jackson for seven bucks. Um, I'm gonna see DJ. I'm gonna go go hang out with him later this week. So I'll, I'll you know maybe get like a, a boots on the ground interview here. I'm guessing he put this claim in earlier in the week. I, I like. Would you still be comfortable spending? you know, 7% of your budget, or at this point, you know, probably significantly less than that um, on Gigi Jackson, based on what we've seen the last two games. You know, obviously if, if you threw that bid in like this past, you know, a week ago, last Monday, that looks great. Um, but, you know, he's played only 28 combined minutes over the last two, 11 total points, four total rebounds, nothing on defense. Did hit a couple of threes the other night against Chicago, but th this is kind of what we're dealing with, with these ultra small sample sizes. And again, in a 16 team league, you have to kind of take that risk but I, I don't I don't really know where to go forward with him at this point. I had a huge monologue about him on the Friday podcast after after that uh, ten that ten minute performance, uh, and I was like, "Look, um, he was terrible in college. That's why he fell so far after he reclassified. Horrible field goal percentage, three times as many turnovers as assists. How many times does a player like that get into the NBA on a two way deal and then they're good?" Uh, basically never. And then, um, yeah. so yeah, you know, he had two out of body experiences and I was like, look, if he plays 24 to 26 minutes in his next game, sure. Adam, if he plays like, I was like, if he plays like 10 to 18, 19 minutes, just leave it alone. So, mm -hmm. um, my advice to anybody after that second game against Chicago where he had eight, it was just don't, don't bother. He's just not that good. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what he develops into. I think there's going to be more opportunity as the year goes along, but that was, you know, that was a game Memphis lost by what, 29 points, right? It's like, that's the ideal GG Jackson situation. It's like games yeah. out of hand. There's nothing on the line, throw them out there. And, you know, still only had 10 points in 19 minutes. So I, you know, the Grizzlies are just kind of a mess right now. I know David Roddy was added in a bunch of leagues. I think James grabbed him over the weekend. You know, he, I would rather have Roddy than GG Jackson. No question. Um, now, intrigued by Vince Williams. Like I watched that whole Grizzlies T Wolves game. I think that was what Thursday last week. Um, he's he's a really interesting player. Like I, I don't, you know, just kind of does it all. Uh, you know, gives you some defensive stats. He can pass a little bit. You know, took six threes uh, on Saturday against Chicago. So I, I think there is a reasonable amount of upside there. But it, it really like Memphis to me is not a team where there's an obvious like, all right, this guy's just going to step in and, and be like Cam Thomas and, and give you twenty five a night, right? Like I, I just think you have this. It, all, of, all of their younger guys are kind of role player types. You know, I, I don't know that, that, that there's somebody who, you know, goes from playing eight minutes a night to 22 minutes a night. And, you know, all of a sudden looks like Anthony Simons. You know, they don't, they don't really have a guy like that. No, I think that's why people added Vince Williams. It seemed like he might get the most usage or at least he had a diverse enough skill set where it's like, he might get you four assists. He might get you two steals, some threes. Um, he's actually the 45th ranked player in fantasy over the past two weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tillman's back in the fold. Kennard, I guess, is playing point guard, which is whatever. You, we all know what Luke Kennard is at this point. Uh, but yeah, I think that's why they brought up Gigi Jackson, because they're like, well, we know this guy can at least get shots up, uh, right. which is just a pure problem for Memphis at some point. Yeah, I mean, Conchar started the last two games for them. He's played 27 minutes in both. 
not really doing anything. Uh, not a high usage player. I mean, he's taken six shots and no free throws in 54 minutes. So I, I know right. there's been there have been times in the past where he's been like a reasonable streamer. I think it was like early last season. He had like a nice two week run, but the the overall sample strongly suggests that he's probably not worth an ad in anything but like the absolute deepest leagues. Um, so yeah, I, I think Vince Williams and David Roddy to me are the two guys, and then you can kind of play the rotation at center. You know, Tillman. Tillman's had his weeks. Like I, I don't mind, I don't mind holding him in a deeper league and, and obviously Aldama, like we just talked about. Um, but yeah, I, I think Vince Williams, you know, a, a week and a half now that we've had without Bain, without smart, without Ja, I think to me, he's far and away the clear winner. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's gotten, it's gotten so gross so quickly in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. uh, it certainly has. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pacers uh, went down to the Suns last night, uh, almost covered, by the way, without Tyrese Halliburton. Um, thankfully, we ran out of time when I was on Beeson yesterday. I was ready to, to go in on why the Pacers were covering this game. Um, <laughs> but I also thought Halliburton was going to play, which he did not. So they ended up losing by seven. I think a respectable result, all things considered. You know, Phoenix didn't shoot it well from three, did shoot, you know, well over 55% from the field. However, um, you know, I just kind of want to do a check-in on, on, on Siakam. You know, I think we're hopefully nearing the point where Halliburton is no longer game to game and he's just kind of back in the mix going forward. It's been, you know, a little bit concerning that he you know came back, missed a game. Um, you would think, you know, starting this week, he should be good to go. They're off today. Then they play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So four game week for Indiana. Um, you know, I know you watched some of that, that Suns game yesterday. 
Siakam, 30 minutes, only 15 points on 14 shots, no steals, no blocks. Did have seven assists and four boards. Uh, but what have you seen from him so far in Indy? I mean, he just he he needs um, Halliburton to be there. It's a really bad setup for him to be kind of the just thrown out there with no Halliburton. It's um, mm-hmm. he doesn't know the offense that much. The the other guys on the team, he's going to be bumping into guys and stuff. So it's like I don't take honestly a lot from the last game, other than it was funny to see him throw his hands up in confusion on defense when his team would like guys would get blown by and there was no help rotation and he was like. In Toronto, this would get anybody yanked. Like, right. no, you just would not be on the court if you played defense like this. Um, so that was kind of funny. But, I mean, it's in the game where uh, Halliburton played, he played really well. Siakam did 21-6-3, and three, very efficient. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think that will continue uh, for him. Siakam did foul out of that game, but don't be misled by the box score. He, he committed a foul at the end with, like, 10 seconds left, so it didn't really – didn't really impact anything, although you know, it was a little bit of foul trouble. And I think that's why he played closer to 30 minutes. Uh, you know, kind of weird TJ McConnell usage. Uh, this this started, you know, even even when Halliburton was still on the shelf last week. You know, he went from 22, 25 minutes, you know, had that that 33 minute game against Sacramento, had a couple where he was under 20. Uh, you know, started yesterday against Phoenix, only played 12 minutes in that one. Uh, a lot of bench usage for the Pacers. Yeah, I mean you know, McConnell has his games. It's just, it was just weird at the beginning of the year where he wasn't being used at all. And it seemed like they were going away from him entirely, you know, just running with like Nemhard as the backup. And then Carlisle was like, no, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to do some more McConnell here and there. And then they needed him when, when, um, you know, when, when Halliburton got hurt and it's just, it's really hard to trust him. I, I don't really understand what, is going on like I, I wish I had more clarity but I think there are just some McConnell games where he's on and it works and there's other games where it's like he's getting played off the floor because of his defense and um mm-hmm. things like that it just doesn't work and I think Carlisle has a quick leash um with him uh Ben Matherin as well who played 14 yeah. minutes yesterday I, I you know right right when Halbert first went down I feel like we were spot on we're like I, I think Matherin this should be his opportunity to take off like he's gonna force Carlisle's hand even if he doesn't like him you know even if he doesn't like what he does on defense like they they're gonna need his scoring and you know he had a pretty nice run up until this past weekend where he was in double figures in 13 straight games he was averaging about 18 points on 52 percent shooting the three-point shooting had come around as well he was starting to get to the line a little bit more that was something that had dropped off pretty significantly early this season. Like you forget as a rookie, I mean, he was getting to the line almost six times a game, which is crazy. And he's at like half of that um, right now, but played 23 minutes uh, in that ugly loss to Portland on, on Friday. And then just 14 minutes off the bench yesterday against Phoenix. So, I mean, are not really knowing right now what's, what's up with Halliburton. Yeah. We, we won't get an update until tomorrow. Like, would you, would you be comfortable starting Ben Mather on a four game week? Does it have to be 16 plus team league? Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't even think you need to roster him in a 12 team league and in a 16 team league. I honestly would not feel bad about keeping him on my bench. I think I'd like, I'd want to start him in a 16 team or on a four game week, but I also may have other options. Again, it kind of depends on your team, but yeah, it's like, you know, the first game, like, look, Siakam joining the team is not what made Ben Matherin score two points. Cause he took eight shots. He just missed his shots. So, you know, expect that to, that could that should have been like a 12 point game in theory if he stayed with his efficiency. Right. Um, and then this game against Phoenix was was bad. So it's just it's tough, man, because they don't, you know, trading for Siakam, the the Pacers' main issue still now is they don't play defense. So 
there's just going to be a lot of games where it's like, we don't really need Matherin scoring. We need Neesmith's defense. Um, you know, and we might need Nemhard out there for whatever reason, because Halliburton's out of the game. And um, again, he's just, a, he's a, there's a, there a ton of guys in this team are just like, Carlisle is so hot and cold with the guys on this team. He plays who's playing well, whatever they need. He's not locked guys into minutes or anything. So it is hard to predict on a game by game basis. Yeah, Doc Rivers was on a pod, I think it was last week, talking about Lou Williams. And he basically was like, yeah, when I had Lou Williams on my team, I would tell him, like, you're going in the game and your one job is to score. And if you don't have it that night, I'm pulling you. And that's that's just what it is. Like, you basically have like a like a five-minute audition and you better look good. If you do, you know, we'll, we'll play you more. You'll lead the second unit the whole night and that'll be that. You could get a 25-point game. If you don't have it that night, we're, we're getting you out of there. And I, I feel like that's kind of where Matherin's at with Carlisle. Yeah, I think so. And some of it, again, I think he's really talented. Um, he'll probably, in my opinion, he'll probably cap out. Like his best role probably is like a six man um, of that of that ilk of the Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford type. Uh, and the the Pacers are a competitive team, right? So it's not like it's not like this team is um, you know bad, and he should be getting thirty five minutes. It's like, well, he's just gonna they gotta play. If he's contributing to winning, he's gonna play. If he's not, he's not. Uh, a couple news items we'll hit, and then we'll get to some questions in the chat. Uh, Trey Young, we found out last night, entering concussion protocol. Uh, they they last played Saturday against Cleveland, so got, got a little bit banged up in that game. He will not play uh, to begin this week. And as we know with concussion protocol, you know, could be one game, could be two games, could be more. Uh, it is a four-game week for Atlanta. So they're at Sacramento tonight, at Golden State on Wednesday home for Dallas Friday, and then home for the Raptors on Sunday. I, I absolutely hate these situations. And unfortunately, I don't have Trey Young in like, I don't know if I have him in a single league this year. I wish I had more of him. He, over the last couple of weeks, he's, he's been on a bit of a downturn. Uh, you know, the field goal percentage has really suffered. The assists have been down as well. He's shooting like 35% over his last six games. But obviously on balance, he's one of the safest players in fantasy. You know, how, how do you typically handle a situation like this where you have – you have a guy who's an every week starter, even on like a two game week in a deep league, you're probably starting Trey young, uh, but not knowing, you know, his concussion status going into a Monday game. Do, do you still throw him out there? Uh, do you, do you go with like a, a significantly lesser four game option? Like, how do you lean in these? Yeah. The concussions are tough. Cause sometimes they last like three days, four days. And other times it's like two weeks. Um, I would say young is so good that if you just hope that he's going to play two games, you still start him. Like, if you think there's a fairly realistic possibility he plays two games, you start him. And I think there is. So uh, I think this is this is a situation he's so good where you mm -hmm. throw him in your lineup and just it's just, just kind of a Hail Mary play. Well, it's kind of nice the way things are spaced out, right? Like, if they had a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, I think I would maybe hold him out because, to me, you're guaranteed to miss two games. Whereas it, it wouldn't be that crazy if he was back Wednesday at Golden State. You would think, you know, five days should be enough in general to clear protocol and, and get back for, for Friday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, I, I think when it's a player of Trey Young's ilk, you, know, you probably lean toward, toward putting him out there. If, if you're in a 12 team league, you know, it's maybe a little bit different or, or certainly anything shallower. Um, all right. Any, any other major news items for the weekend? Any players, teams you want to hit before we start answering these questions? Uh, no, I think, I think we can just, uh, we can just dive in. All right, let's do it. Well, we will go through chronologically here. Uh, first of all, the Dr. D three fourteen says, thanks for everything you guys do. Not a question. We appreciate it. Nonetheless, thank you, Dr. D, for tuning in. Uh, Jordy says, Caruso or Bilal Koulibaly for the rest of the season? He's playing in an eight-cat league. 
That's interesting. My, you know, my concern with Caruso always is that he just gets hurt all the time. Like, I think Caruso is the better player, has more upside even in fantasy, but is constantly hurt. Um, there's the trade rumors. Is he going to get moved? Hard to know. I think if he does get moved, he probably still plays 20 to 25 minutes. I think I would rather have Caruso because the Koulibaly thing is still very unproven, and we know he has a tongue of defensive upside, but it's not it's not like freakish right now. You know, it's it's 1.1 blocks and 1.1 steals per 36, which is really not anything crazy. Um, so I think I would rather have Caruso. Yeah, and the Wizards, you know, two weeks into the year, it was like, all right, the season's over. You know, so I, I don't know that there's some sort of like, I don't think there's some sort of like late season, like, all right, we got to get Koulibaly more involved. It's like, that's already kind of happening. Like he's playing... 25 to 30 minutes most nights already. Like I don't see that number dramatically increasing over the last month. He's averaging six and a half points, four rebounds, two assists, 1.6 combined steals and blocks. Like there was some three point volume early in the season. That was encouraging. That's kind of dried up. Like he's giving you like half a three per game. Field goal percentage is terrible. Um, I mean, Caruso for what it's worth in the last month ranks like 140 spots ahead of him. So even yeah. with some of the risk there, you know, we don't know what Chicago is going to look like. Caruso could be somewhere else a few weeks from now. But I think he's pretty transferable. I would, you know, in, unless you, you know, you, you, this is like a positional eligibility thing and you, you'd rather have somebody who's forward eligible. This is pretty easily Caruso for me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Manila Most Wanted asks, is it time to drop Cam Johnson? Not a not a question that we necessarily thought we would be answering this season. But yeah, it's been a... It's been a rough couple of weeks for Cam Johnson. Last seven games, he's under 10 points per game. You know, the, the three-point shooting has been disastrous, hovering around 25%. For the most part, the volume has been there. The minutes have, have been about where he's been sitting for much of the year. So I'm, you know, de again, depending on your league size, I would be more inclined to ride this out because I don't know how much better you're going to do. But if you're in a 10 or 12-team league, then, yeah, it's, a, it's at least a consideration. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't hate the idea of dropping him in a 10-team league. Um, you know, last year, I think was a look at sort of his ceiling. Like last year, he ranked 89th per game. I think the hope this year is he'd be somewhere closer to like 60 or 75. And you're right. He is just shooting poorly. Like assuming he can get his shot back, um, it should be fine. And he should go back to averaging 15 a game, but he's not like, he, he's not been projected to be, or even when he was shooting that well, he wasn't a great fantasy player. Uh, in a 12-team league, I would still hang on. You never know, honestly, what's going to happen with the Nets at the deadline. I'm not saying they're going to trade Mikael Bridges, but they're just so Are you saying they're going to trade Mikael Bridges? I, I am, yeah. They're going to they're gonna oh. deal him. Uh, you heard it here first. But yeah, he's he's fine. I would hang on to him in 12s, 10s. It's not, it's not necessary, but he's still averaging. On the year, he's still averaging 25 fantasy points a game. Yeah. I mean, prior to this two-week downturn, you know, over his previous 20 games, so we're talking like Thanksgiving through the beginning of January, 15 points, 2.8 threes per game, 50% from the field, 45% from three. So I, I think the larger sample would imply that that he's going to come around. And he's young enough that, you know, you don't worry about, you know, if, if the Nets were to go in a different direction, you know, he's like, you know, losing minutes at the end of the year. Like, I still think he's kind of a foundational piece. Schedule-wise, they have three games this week. I think we have we have 12 teams that have four games. So three is, you know, closer to average. Three games next week uh, and then four before the All-Star break. So no, you know, nothing major there. It's not a great schedule, but it's not it's not a disaster. Um, Matt Carmody says, man, Pack should have won that one. Packers fan as well from Wisconsin. Matt, our condolences. 
Um, I am actually a Jaguars fan first and foremost, but every year this happens, <laughs> the Jags get eliminated. And then I'm like, all right, I, I guess I'll, I'll root for the Packers. And I was, I was hooting and hollering a little bit on Saturday night, but yeah, man, it's, I was texting some friends this morning, Alex, and you know, I'm sure you've been through this, like with the Bucks or any other teams you care about. Like one of my favorite things every Monday during football season is I just like, you know, I binge through a bunch of recap pods around the NFL, Bill Simmons, Rosillo. And it's like, when your team wins, that's all you want, right? You just want to read more and more and more about how yeah. great your team is. When your team loses, that is just torture. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's just the, again, if you reset the expectations to what they were in the middle of the year, you can't be that mad about it. And I think it's like, it sucks now or you're like, you know, oh, we could, we could have gone farther. We had that game, everything like that. But if you just look ahead till next year, like, Things should be, you know, we have completely yeah. new expectations. It's 13 straight years that it's been, all right, we'll get them next year. <laughs> next year will be the year. Uh, but look, last thing I'll say on this, worst part is like they, they would beat the Lions. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not in on this Lions team. I know it's a fun story, whatever. I feel bad for Detroit. Shout out to Shannon. But I, that's the thing. It's like, you, this would have been the toughest test. You know, it's like you beat the two best teams that you're going to face in Dallas and then potentially in San Francisco. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like, man, not, this, this goes from fun run to like, well, we could be in the Super Bowl. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Listen, listen to our show on Sirius XM tonight. You'll, you'll hear a lot more Packers talk from me there. Uh, all right. Paul says, I traded away Porzingis and Jamal Murray for Kevin Durant and Val Junis. Is this the win in a nine cat league? Porzingis, by the way, will not play tonight. Uh, sounds like it's somewhat load management for Boston. Yeah, I. Uh... Valen Shunas is a little inconsistent now with Larry Dance back, but he's still putting up numbers. Um, yeah. Still like a huge threat for a double-double. Great per minute. Um, I think this trade is all right. These are these are always hard trades to evaluate in terms of like you traded two, you know, top 50 guys for like a top 10 guy and then like a like yeah. a 90th ranked guy. Uh, I think yeah. you're fine. Like I, I, it's hard for me to like necessarily grade this a win, but I think this is a fine trade. It's not a loss. I'll say that. I think sure. I think you you have more upside because you have KD, but you've also exposed yourself to a little more risk. You know, Valanciunas does not have top 40 upside in the same way that both Porzingis and Murray do, but Porzingis and Murray don't have top five upside like Kevin Durant does. So um, I, I think if KD stays healthy, this probably goes down as a win for you. Obviously, if KD gets hurt, you know, that's part of the risk calculation here. Um, you know, then, then you're going to be in trouble, but I think it's a fine deal. Uh, Paul also asked, who's a, a better long-term hold, Sohan or Caruso? Um, I mean, if, if, you know, if San Antonio starts shutting guys down in, in, which I, I don't even know who necessarily they would shut down. This whole team is young and they're already so terrible, but Sohan's been playing better lately, like 60th ranked play over the past two weeks. Better. Um, better long-term hold. It might be Sohan. Now that they now that the Spurs have committed to playing a real lineup, um, and he doesn't have the the sort of injury risk of, of Caruso, but do you have a do you have a strong opinion on this? Yeah, I think you said it. Yeah, it, it might be Sohan. It also might not be Sohan. So we need we need to keep keep that in mind. Uh no, I, I think if, if you're looking for upside, it's it's Sohan. You know, he's been the better player of late. He was playing 30 plus minutes. Uh, you know, the assists, like some of the, the like, you know, high upside assist games have been there. He's got a couple, you know, seven, eight assist games over the last few weeks. Uh, rebounding's been a little more consistent. And, you know, I, like you said, I, I, I don't know who would be shut down for this team. It, it, ironically, I think it might be Wembenyama, if anything, right? It's like, right. I think that's the asset they would want to preserve. It would be, 
kind of a reversal of what you normally see when it's like, you know, the veterans are the ones sitting down at the end of the year. Whereas like, I, I think if the Spurs just like get to the 62 game mark and they're like, all right, we've seen what we need to see. Wembenyama is the real deal. You know, what, what else are we doing here by, by playing him for the final 15 games of the year, other than exposing him to injury risk? Um, you know, maybe that opens up a little more for Sohan, although like assist wise, I think having Wembenyama out there is a good thing for him. So maybe that's a net neutral, but um, if we're talking beyond this year, then it, it's still probably Sohan for me. There's, I've never been super high on him. I think, you know, we're starting to see some improvement that didn't look like it was there early in the year. But if you're, if you're saying like, who could be the better player three years from now, then I think you have to, you have to at least be able to, to imagine what, what Sohan could become. Yeah. I still really, I, I really like Sohan as a player. He just shouldn't be a point guard. Uh-huh. It turn, turns out he plays well when he's playing his natural position. All right. Dr. D is back in the mix. 14 team points league. Uh, he, it's, this is a trade question. Drew and Brandon Miller for Wiggins and D'Lo. He said it's very trade deadline dependent. Uh, obviously, D'Lo could be on the move. Uh, even Wiggins, I suppose, could be on the move. Uh, but let's let's just say current situation. Would you rather have Holiday and Miller or Wiggins and Russell? Uh, Wiggins is horrible. Um, he is bad. He's very bad. Uh, Brandon Miller, uh, pretty up and down, but really strong past two games so i think you need to take that into account at least um i think i would rather have drew and miller um yeah D- we should mention delo has been balling out but it's like how long yes. does that last what are they up to it's just i i really don't understand what's happening there i wish i did um i think yeah. i would want the drew miller side it feels a little more reliable to me all right good question from victor g he says is jason tatum a buy low right now where do you project him finishing in nine cat rankings so Let's go over to nine cat last 30 days. Jason Tatum ranks 18th. Um, if you're looking at just the last two weeks, he comes in at 81st. So yeah, it's been a bit of a rough go for Jason Tatum. A lot of that is percentage dependent, you know, even in what's considered like a bad two weeks for him, he's still averaging 23, seven and four, um, you know, two point two and a half threes a game, but he's shooting 40% over the last two weeks. So that's really what's killing his value. Free throw shooting's been down a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Jason Tatum guy, especially in fantasy. He's like Trey Young to me, where those guys don't really miss time. They don't necessarily have top three, top five upside. But if you look at total value, they always rank like five to 10 spots higher because they don't miss time and they're super consistent. So, yeah, if there's somebody who's, you know, panicking about Jason Tatum, who has like, you know, there's no reason to believe that his performance is just going to fall off the rest of the way. I would, I would be buying him right now if I could. Yeah. Guys like this. Um, I, I don't know. I think you have to look at and the NBA, like a two week chunk in the NBA is kind of like one game in the NFL. So it's, it's almost like I, if you don't play NFL fantasy, I, I don't even really play NFL fantasy, but it's, it's, you got to think of it. Like, You'd be asking if one of the best, you know, a top 25 player in the NFL had one bad game and you're like, do I buy low? Um, So it's like for a superstar like Tatum, yes, buy low because I, it's just, he's had a, you know, bad six, seven games or whatever it is. Um, He's again, I would, I think I would trade any, like, you know, he, I, I projected to be a top 25 player the rest of the year, nine cat. So if you can get rid of like a, the uh, 30th ranked or a 35th ranked player form or something like that. I would, I would absolutely do it. Yeah. I think he can rank higher. I, I, I would have yeah, a top too, 20 right. guy. I mean, he could be a top 15 guy the rest of the year. You look at where he's finished in total value the last few years, fourth, fifth, eighth, 15th. 
And that takes us all the way back to his third year in the NBA in 2019. So, I mean, he's just, he's been about as safe as a, of a bet as it gets. And, you know, he always ranks a little bit lower in per game value, but he's been at worst, he's been like a mid second round value for four straight years. So um, in summary by Jason Tatum, uh, Skeeter says, should I be looking to trade away Wembenyama? Do you guys think he gets shut down? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit ago. I mean, I, I, I think it's happening at some point. I would be pretty surprised if Wembenyama is out there for game 82 for the, you know, 13 win San Antonio Spurs. It's just, yeah, like you said, when does it happen? And, you know, the Spurs aren't going to tip their hand here. They're, they're not going to make an announcement, you know, on maybe, maybe it's like right before the all-star game, they'll tell us when he's shut down. Um, it, it's a tough game to play, man, because it's even, even though he's, you know, this minutes limit has been really frustrating. It's been going on now for 12 games. His numbers are fantastic. I mean, 22, eight, three and a half, 3.7 blocks. You know, he's, he's still taking a decent amount of threes. Like it's, you know, it's hard to say that you want to get off of a guy right now. I would, I would probably wait a few more weeks. Um, maybe there's someone in your league who doesn't think he's going to get shut down or isn't paying attention. Uh, but what do you think? It's tough because the minutes are, they're back up now. Um, you know, he had played like he hadn't reached like his past three games. He's played at least 27 minutes. He hadn't reached 27 minutes before that since December 17th, but we mm. all know he's not the back to backs thing. It's still limited minutes. Uh, he's still ranked 11th on the year. So it's like what you trade him for is, is, is really confusing. Like if you trade him, I still think you want a top 25 player back. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, is anybody trading you a top 25 player for Wembenyama? If they also think that Wembenyama is going to get shut right. down, maybe they don't think that, I mean, again, if you want to float him out there and someone doesn't think he's going to get shut down or whatever, and you, someone offers you, Jason Tatum. Uh, I I would probably do that, but yeah. uh, nobody knows. I wish I wish we had like more insights, but we don't have any more insights than anybody else does. All right. Matt says, who do you think is the best stream out of Jalen Suggs, uh, Jade McDaniels, or Luke Kennard, Yahoo Points League? Uh, you know, I will say if, if we're talking for the week, Jalen Suggs has three games. The other two guys have four. So maybe that, that kind of breaks the tie. And then you're deciding between McDaniels and Kennard. Uh, depends what you need, of course, as well. I mean, if you need threes, then I think you look to Kennard, who's given you three, 3.1 threes per game since he's moved into the starting lineup. Again, four-game week for Memphis. Um, you know, McDaniels has played well, too. Uh, obviously going to give you a, a different stat profile. But you got three pretty decent options there. I guess, on balance, I, I would probably lean Kennard. Uh, I do like Jalen Suggs tonight. I think they got a, a pretty decent matchup, uh, you know, much more favorable than playing Miami the other night. Um, and he's been, you know, Jalen Suggs has been so much better at home this season than on the road. But yeah, I'm not, I think it's close enough where I'm not leaning Suggs when he only has three games. Yeah. When it's close like this, you just lean on the guys who have an extra game. That's Kennard and McDaniels. And I would lean Kennard because mm -hmm. he has more of a usage upside and is playing 30 minutes pretty consistently, you know, high usage, high minutes that correlates really well in points leagues. Yeah. So I would, I would lean on Kennard. All right, we'll uh, try to go quickly through some of these. Scoot or Neesmith, nine cap, rest of season. Could not be more different players. Uh, yeah, seriously. Um, look, I just don't think – what are the chances Scoot turns things around to a significant portion and becomes, like, really a viable nine cap player? Um, like, he's had some – like, at the beginning of the year, he couldn't even put together, like, three good games in a row – now he's had some stretches where he can put like three decent ones in a row, but then it just falls off again. Yeah. Uh, 
even if he gets more usage, I don't know. His field goal percentage is bad. His turnovers are really high. I think I think I would rather have Neesmith, honestly. In a points yeah. league, I, I could understand the Scoot thing, but the Scoot's killing you in category leagues. He just is. Yeah, I mean, he ranks a good like 200 plus spots behind Neesmith in the last month. Um, and, you know, that's not that's not gospel. It's situational in some ways. But yeah, in nine cat, especially the turnovers really, really hurt you. So I would I would go Neesmith in, until, you know, Scoot proves that um, that he could be a little more consistent. And again, this is a situation in Portland where it's like they've been in the tank all year. You know, I, I don't know that there's a handed over to Scoot moment coming maybe very late in the season if they were to rest guys like Grant and, and Simons. But they've kind of been in that mode already. So I, I would go Neesmith. Um, all right, who to start tonight? Barrett, Suggs, or Ivy? So for context, uh, uh, Barrett and the Raptors are home for Memphis. Suggs, home for the Cavaliers. Jaden Ivy, home for the Bucks. Cade's not back, is he? Uh, listed as doubtful, so probably not. I would go Ivy. I mean, it's a really tough matchup against Milwaukee in a sense, although Milwaukee's defense is their, is their weak point, um, especially their backcourt defense. So I think, uh, you know, it would, it would, for me, it would either be Ivy or Barrett. Yeah. Barrett's on a, on a heater, like a lifetime heater right now, um, shooting the ball, but I don't have a strong preference between Barrett or Ivy. I mean, Barrett has the better matchup. So if yeah. you want to lean on matchup, I would say Barrett, but both have, both have upside. Yeah. That's, that's a really close call to me. I, I would, I would go Barrett. I think he's just a little bit safer. I think his, I think his floor game is higher than, than Ivy's floor game. And I think they have comparable upside right now. Um, I actually, I don't know if it's really a bad matchup against Milwaukee. I mean, they put up what one thirty five on him a couple days ago. Uh, the, the Pistons <laughs> did hit, the Pistons did hit 21 threes in that game, which is part of the reason I actually like Milwaukee to, to win and cover. I think they're 12 point favorites tonight. Um, I just, that's just not going to be repeatable. It's the most threes they've hit in any game by like, I think by two or three all season. So that's more than anything what kept them in. But um, yeah, I, I would go Barrett. I'll break the tie. I'll say Barrett. Uh, all right. Zach says, hi, great show. Thank you, Zach. Thinking of trading for Halliburton. My offer is Booker plus someone. Need thoughts on who I should pair with him range-wise thinking Caruso. Yeah, I think that's a decent place to start. You know, Booker Booker by himself is a pretty appealing player. You're not getting Halliburton straight up for Booker, but you're going to need some sort of sweetener. And Booker's good enough that I don't think I don't think that that sweetener has to be like another top 50 guy, obviously. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, w- I would not, ideally you could trade like your worst consistent starter, I think is the way I would put this. Yeah. Like I would, I would move Booker and your worst guy that you start, you know, 75% of the time, uh, tr- start there and then, uh, see what the guy, see what the guy says. Cause in theory, you should be able to, to, you know, you're going to get the Halliburton upside in return. And you should be able to put, you know, you should be able to stream that that last starting spot anyway, especially late in the year when there's more resting, more injuries. There should be more streaming options. And you could be really, we, we haven't even talked about this mm-hmm. at all. We're coming up on one of the most crucial waiver wire periods of the entire year, the post-deadline waiver wire period. So if you are really aggressive, if you're in a fab league, at, after the waiver or after the trade deadline in real life, you can make up for some of that lost uh some some you know lost depth that you may give up on a trade all right Derek white or tyus jones rest of season if you're punting turnovers um you know both guys pretty low turnover players so i'm not sure that really affects the calculus that much uh my, my default is Derek white here pretty obviously i mean he's been a, a fantastic player kind of you know borderline all-star talk i don't think that's going to happen um but you know it's been 
a, a much better player on balance than Tyus Jones. So to me, I'll, I'll, I'll just say Derek White, unless you're in dire need of assists. It's definitely White. Has been better all year. Role is way more stable. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely Derek White. Michael says, hey, guys, are we dropping Nas Reed, Dante DiVincenzo, or Brandon Miller to make space for Franz Wagner coming back from the IR slot, 10-team, 9-cat league? So this is tough because Brandon Miller has had two great back-to-back games. Um, and Reed, Nas Reed is pretty reliant on, like, Gobert or Towns getting hurt, but he can have big games regardless. Depends yeah. if you're talking upside or not. Like. If you if you want the higher upside guys, I think you actually keep Nas, and then you consider dropping Dante or Brandon Miller. Um, I would say it's between Dante and Brandon Miller as a drop for me. I just I'm so uh, I don't know what the right word is obsessed with Nas Reed's upside that it's really hard for me to say drop him. So I mean, do you have a do you have a strong take on this? I love Nas Reed, man. He, I mean, he's like their Bobby Portis, I think, in some ways, where it's like, you yeah. know, we've seen Portis. Like, Portis was a top 100 player a couple of years ago when Brooke missed all that time. And it's like, yeah, if Towns or Gobert were to go down, I think he could really explode. But, you know, uh, you know, neither of those guys, like, I guess, you know, Towns has missed time on and off, but it's been like one c- catastrophic injury or he plays 70 games. It's like no in between with him. And Gobert, as far as like big men go, Gobert has been underratedly like super healthy his whole career. Like, usually guys, you know, have some sort of, degenerative lower body issue at some point and he's, he just doesn't really miss games so yeah I mean it's a tough time to ask this because like you said a week ago I would have said drop Brandon Miller we do have to keep in mind that Gordon Hayward should be back in like a week you know and yeah Cody we, Martin's we could, in and out I mean well yeah don't even get me for his whole career the, 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 yeah the moment that I added him in an important league he's just like day-to-day now um I, I think I would drop Miller. I think I would. Um, it, like you said, you're, you're punting on some upside there, but DiVincenzo has been really consistent. Um, you know, Nas Reed, even in, in lighter minutes, has been pretty consistent. And yeah, I, I do worry. I mean, Gordon Hayward's not a part of their future, but I think they're going to play him when he comes back. And I, I don't really think that helps Brandon Miller. Um, yeah, Matt says, could Halbert have come back too soon and hurt his hamstring? That's why they rested him. Very possible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe wanted to get him out there with Siakam. Uh, I get that, but... Yeah, hopefully nothing, nothing long term there for Halliburton. Um, let's see. Alex says, "Should I try to move Kessler when he plays? He's great, but he seems to have settled into the backup center role. Unfortunately, yeah, super weird situation. And obviously, Utah's playing well. So you know, what are you, are you going to look Will Hardy in the face and be like, <laughs> your rotation's wrong? Uh, they have lost three, two in a row, two close games to decent teams in OKC and Houston. So maybe nothing." Too concerning. And Kessler did play 32 minutes before fouling out against Houston the other night. Um, I mean, he's got 13 blocks over the last three games. So while it's weird and frustrating that he's not starting, he's averaging more blocks per game this year than he was last year. So ultimately, I, I think the numbers have actually been okay. The rebounding is down a little bit. Um, I think, you know, if I have Kessler, I'm ultimately okay with the situation. You know, it'd be one thing if he was playing like 14 minutes off the bench, but for the most part, you know, if he, if we isolate his last, 13 games, he's averaging 22 and a half minutes. Again, not what you want, but the production's been okay. He's averaging, you know, almost almost three blocks a game in that span. Yeah, I mean, 88th ranked player in 8-cat over the past month, despite playing 22 minutes, like you just said. Um, This has to be his floor. Like, he's not going to start playing 14 minutes. So I think it's only upside from here. I would actually, Mm -hmm. I I would look to keep him probably and just hope 
that maybe they do something at a deadline, freeze him up. Even if they don't, you're still rostering a top 100 player mm-hmm. who's getting you great blocks. So I, I just hang on. Um, my trade so far says Carpo Flex. He said he traded Vassell for Butler and just proposed Tyus Jones for Durin. I, I, I would co-sign both of those. Um, you know, obviously, if you need assists, it's tough to part ways with Jones, but I think Durin's a, basically a double-double every night. And I think we talked about this one a couple weeks ago, Alex, the Vassell-Butler situation. You know, you're, you're trading consistency and health for upside, but I, don't, I, I feel like you know, if somebody had told you even a, a month or two ago that you could get Jimmy Butler for Devin Vassell, you'd be like, yeah, I'm doing that every time. Yeah, Butler's injuries. But, hey, you did the trade. You got the upside, you know. Um uh, yeah, if you can get Durant for Tyus Jones, that's a huge win. So um, I like that proposal. Maybe, hopefully, the the guy, the rival manager, needs a point guard really badly, and he's yep. he's willing to take that because I think Durant's the Durant is the much better fantasy player. Ray says, "Would you rather pick up Trey Jones from San Antonio or Jaden Ivy from the Detroit Pistons?" I uh, probably probably Ivy. I've I've been kind of an Ivy hater. Like I loved him in college, and I was just like, I just don't know if this is going to translate. Didn't look good last year. He's played pretty dang well. Uh, pardon my language. The the big question with Ivy is, you know, if Cade's back later this week, then what? Yes, uh, that's my concern because I think I think Trey Jones, like we saw what Trey Jones' upside is last year, which is like a fringe top one hundred player, and that's what he's doing this year since becoming a starter. He's like in the ninety to one hundred range, which is like a nice floor if in a twelve team league. It's a nice guy to have. Um, but Ivy, yeah, you mentioned has played so well with Kate out that mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of killing your free throw percentage. But part of me would hope, who's to say, uh, Monty Williams does the right thing and just plays Jay and Ivy 30 minutes a game, no matter what. Um, so I think I would prefer taking the chance on Ivy, but just know that that's a ceiling play. And if you really, really need, like, I absolutely need a top 90 player on my team, a top 100 player on my team. I just need that production. I can't give it up. Like, if you're in a 16-team league, Trey Jones is probably the better move. But, mm-hmm. again, it's a floor versus ceiling thing. Uh, Ant, familiar name in the chat, says, Sup, fellas, need someone for steals. And I have Eason and Neesmith, who has more upside. Great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Ant. We appreciate that. Um, so, Eason versus Neesmith, if we're just talking – steals uh we should note on Eason you know he has not played since New Year's Day and he did not play Saturday or Sunday I mean there's a chance he could be back this week they're taking it game to game Houston doesn't play till Wednesday so we probably don't get an update until tomorrow night at the earliest maybe even Wednesday um then they have a back-to-back Friday Saturday so you know even if he comes back Wednesday you could see them maybe holding him out of one of those back-to-backs so you're you're probably looking at you know maybe a, a next week situation as far as getting Easton back in the lineup, Rockets do have four games next week. I, I think in terms of steals upside, it kind of has to be Easton because the steal rate was preposterous before he got hurt. I mean, he was averaging 2.6 steals per game over his last 10 games before the injury. Yeah, he's the better steals guy per 36. And he's also the better fantasy player per minute. Like Easton's a per minute fantasy monster. That's We've been talking about that since, since last yeah. year. Um, the lower leg thing concerns me. I gotta, I gotta be honest, like just being semi day to day with like an undisclosed leg injury. That's just being described as soreness is super weird. And he's not a guy that was playing big minutes anyway. Um, so 
look, I would love to roster Tariis, and I think he's the he's the better guy. But I just, I it still worries me. I I don't know how else to. I wish I had like a more definitive answer. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for safety and you need immediate impact, then just just go grab Eason. Um, you know, or grab Eason. Sorry, go grab Neesmith. Uh, yeah. because we don't know when Eason's going to be back. And you know, now they like Ahmed Thompson's in the mix, Cam Whitmore's in the mix. It's like it's not, it's not a guarantee that Eason walks back into 25 to 28 minutes a night like he was playing prior to the injury. So more upside with e- with Eason, more uncertainty there as well. Um, would you drop Grayson Allen for either Nas Reed, Malik Monk, or Wendell Carter? Uh, he says, Allen is my worst player, and I've been streaming that spot in a points league. Uh, yeah, I mean, Allen, Allen's been pretty good. I don't, do you have to drop him? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you have to. I mean, he's, he's ranked 40, like 45th over the past 30 days and 52nd over the past two weeks. Like, he's awesome. Um, if you, if you really felt like you had to drop him for some reason, maybe Monk. Um, I don't know how much I trust Wendell Carter to stay healthy. Played pretty well mm. recently uh, since coming back, but I don't think I don't think you have to drop Allen. No, I, I mean I think him and Malik Monk are weirdly comparable players now because I mean, they both have these boom games. Like Grayson Allen has uh, an eight three pointer and two nine three pointer games in the last month. And that's also kind of what Malik Monk does. Like once every couple of weeks, he'll just go like seven for nine from three. Um, he'll also mix in some terrible games in there as well. But I mean, he's also been handing out quite a few assists this season. And he's been blocking a ton of shots for a guy his size. Um, he's up by like 0.8 blocks per game. That's significantly higher over the last few weeks. 1.1 block per game over the last 15. So those are all pretty appealing options to me, honestly. I, I don't think you can really go wrong, but yeah, I, I think I would just default to ride this out with Grayson Allen. I mean, he's in a, in a pretty good spot right now. So that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. In a points league, I could see the argument for dropping him for, for Carter, just because I think Carter's probably a better like per minute fantasy point guy, but um, yeah, it's a hard choice. All right. Pokey Marquette says, how do you feel about the magic rotation with their preferred lineup finally healthy, barring Fultz sitting out today, of course. Uh, and he also notes that he dropped Cam Johnson in a 10-teamer this morning for Wendell Carter. I think that's a fine move. That's like a very, very good 10-team league uh, transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, you know, we've been kind of talking about what, what's going to happen. If, is Fultz ever going to come back? When's Franz Wagner coming back? And that, you know, it finally happened. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Fultz as a guy who is seeing what the minutes he's seeing right now, which is like 23 to 29, 30 ish. I don't know if he's a 12 lead, 12 team league guy. I can see wanting to add him just to get out ahead of it. Cause he, he's proven to be 12 league, 12 team league viable in the past. Um, you know, Batatze was a DMP. That was kind of weird. Um, he might be an auto drop at this point. But uh, I don't I don't have like major major insights besides saying like Wendell Carter looks like a pickup right now. Yeah, and I I was wrong. I didn't think we would. I kind of wrote him off. I was all over Batadze, who was a DNP in their last game, which is notable because he'd been playing pretty well. Um, Yeah, Carter's just kind of rediscovered it out of nowhere. Honestly, I mean, he had had just not looked anything like himself when he played earlier this season. And now 17, 18, 25, 17 points, respectively in his last four defensive stats, I think are going to vary rebounds are going to vary, but um, you know, he takes some threes. He gets, he's been getting to the line at a decent rate. So I think you have to buy on him right now. 
Um, Christopher says, do you think there's change coming in Houston and suggesting, you know, perhaps Cam Whitmore, uh, you know, taking over uh, some more minutes from Jalen Green? I don't know. Houston's got too many guys, man. I feel like we were on this early in the season, and that was part of the reason that I kind of stayed away from Ahmed Thompson. And then the injury just kind of solved that for us on the fly. But they have they have so many options at like the the two three spot, especially. Yeah, I don't I don't know if changes are coming. I mean, I think they're kind of playing with house money this season to an extent. Um, they're a young enough team where it's like they're they're building towards something right now. Um, I don't think they would swap Whitmore for for Green in the starting lineup, but yeah, you also have Easton coming back. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I don't think there's a major change coming. I don't I don't really anticipate no. that. Too much invested in Jalen Green. You know, it'd be one thing if, if his minutes were starting to tail off. They really haven't. And I know Fred Van Vliet's been out, so it's been tough to get a full gauge on that. I do think Ime Udoka is one of the few coaches who would have the balls to, to, to do that. Uh, so that is, you know, like if he really feels like Jalen Green's hurting them, I don't think it's out of the question, but we just haven't seen enough evidence yet for me. Um, all right, we'll hit a few more before we're out of here, guys. Uh, how do you feel about the article that was released by the NBA that stated resting has no correlation to preserving health for athletes? Good question. Um, yeah, I read into that a little bit over the weekend. You know, uh, you and I, Alex, have dealt with this boots on the ground more than anybody. So I was like, you know, I was kind of relieved to hear this. Um, you know, the the whole COVID situation was a a nightmare for us logistically uh, on, the, on the Rotowire side of things. I mean, obviously we provide player news, but we do, uh, you know, projections and lineups. And there was just a... A uh, significant number of hoops that had to be jumped through uh, to to accommodate all that, and you know, obviously, rest has kind of been something that's that's you know built upon that. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like anecdotally, we're seeing a lot less rest this season, right? Like, has anybody has anybody talked to you about Kawhi Leonard missing too many games? I, not really. No. Um, maybe some of that is the the games minimum. Guys want to try to hit that, so there's there's less resting early in the year. But then my question is going to be. What if a guy's on track to play like 78 games and there's 10 games left in the season and they know that he can rest like seven of the last 10 if they need him to because he's yeah. he's going to hit the minimum? Um, <laughs> how do I feel about it? Um, I don't know. I, look, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a, it's a lie or it's propaganda, but if you play pickup basketball, go play pickup basketball uh two days back to back and then take a day off and then play again and then next week play just one day and see how you feel uh see how your knees feel that's uh that's what i would say mm -hmm. about that okay all right fair enough i uh yeah. i'm not going to speak anymore on this i need i need to read the full <laughs> report uh but before i, I dive in but it's i, I don't know I, it's 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 certainly interesting and it's very interesting to me that the nba like put this out publicly right it's almost like a See, see, you don't need to be resting, yeah. right? Like the NBA kind of trumpeted these results, I felt like, which was the, the most interesting aspect. Yeah, it's not like the internal, they, they didn't uh, circulate this. Well, I guess maybe, I mean, it's sort of internal. I don't, I don't know. It will get leaked regardless. So maybe they just figure we put it out there. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, it's a lot of wear and tear in your joints and soft tissue and stuff like that to play all these games. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> All right, we got a few more minutes. Let's go rapid fire here. Um, our, our good pal Carpoflex, by the way, reminds everyone, like the video. Please like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. See it on the screen there. Uh, any of that really, really helps us uh, more, more than you guys probably realize. But yes, please, we appreciate that shout out. Give it a like, give it a share, uh, whatever you can do there. Uh, Mike says, do I trade Scotty Barnes for Kawhi Leonard in a 12-team points league? That's, uh, that practically qualifies as a blockbuster. Um, I think it would. I, I am fine with that trade. Um, you, we all know the risks about Kawhi, and I assume the person you're you're trading with is also everyone understands what's going on here. Everyone understands what this trade's about. So I, I, it's I think it's worth it. I think um, it'd be hard to pull the trigger for me because of the concern for Kawhi. But well, is it worth it in a points league specifically? Because you know a huge part of the appeal with Kawhi is he's shooting fifty two percent from the field, which is ridiculous. Eighty eight percent at the line. You know, Barnes, if you look at, you know, some of like the season long ratings, he rates lower because he's 74% at the line, um, you know, still shooting, you know, 48% from the field, but it's not Kawhi level. So if you take that out of the mix, are, are they a little more comparable? Yeah, I guess in a points league, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I didn't read that. It was points league. That's my fault. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. But what I, I don't know if I would necessarily take the risk then. Apologies for not realizing you said points league. Yeah. I should probably I should probably read with my yeah. eyes. I think it's close uh, enough in a points league that I just I you know Kawhi's the better player. I'm not saying he's not. Um, we just you know we know what the history is there. Um, all right, we'll do this one quick. Katie or Tatum rest of season nine cat. Uh, I think this is another like injury risk versus safer guy with lower upside thing. Um, if you need the like if you need the jolt, you know like if you're sixth in your standings and you're trying to make a run for top three i think you you make the trade for kd if you're at the top of your league you know if you're top three and you just want to you just want to play it safe i would i would keep tatum all right admiral nita says do i trade jalen green for wendell carter and draymond green in a 12 team category league i think i think you do i think you do because jalen green is like barely i don't even know if you have to roster him in the first place in a 12 team category league Wendell Carter Jr. is apex is definitely rosterable or should be rostered and Draymond probably, yeah, should be rostered as well. So I would, I would do this. Yeah. Two for one for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts on Jabari Walker rest of season. He has started four straight now for Portland. He's been in the mix, you know, really all season in their rotation. He's picked up more and more minutes over the last few weeks um, of note, you know, went from playing 32, 29, 30, 41 minutes down to just 22 with dominating back in the mix, uh, able to get to the arena uh, these, these last couple of games. So, you know, you got to you got to worry about that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, is he rosterable or whatnot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Portland's really struggling to score. They're struggling to do everything lately. Uh, there's going to be some really ugly games. I mean, they've scored under 90 like four times in the last couple of weeks. So you're going to have to live with the with the downs. But I for the most part, I, I really like what I've seen from Jabari Walker. I think he feels, he, he feels to me more like a, like a, a true, like this guy could be part of our future as opposed to we're just throwing minutes out to anybody because we don't care. Yeah. I, uh, I talked about him a little bit on the Friday pod, but I'll, I'll kind of reiterate it. Cause I, I wrote a, I also wrote a, like a dynasty article about like young guys to target. And he just, he just missed the cut. I mean, I didn't want the article to be like 4,000 words about every young player in the NBA, but he has a, he has a really like, he's just a really unique stat profile where he's taking three threes a game, but he's all, or sorry, per 36. Per 36 minutes, he's taking three threes. He's also getting three offensive rebounds. 
and four free throw attempts a game in addition to his 11 rebounds uh, and solid defense. So it's like a really bizarre, you don't see this a lot, a combination of like good three-point shooter, also offensive rebounds, also gets to the line, that kind of a thing. So I'm I'm really intrigued by him going forward. I think I think this season, yeah, maybe at the end of the year he'll break out. But this to me is like if you're in a deeper dynasty format and you're looking for someone like maybe I can just grab this guy really low key. No one's gonna notice. I just stash him for a while. I think I, I'm I'm pretty interested in him. I got I gotta be honest. All right, we will hit a couple more here. What do we got? Um, all right, Alex says get Derek White. For Anthony Simons, uh, thinking about doing a soft punt of points in a 12-team nine-cat league. So he'd be basically trading Simons straight up for Derek White. Trading Simons straight up for Derek White. Um, I do. Do you have a strong opinion on this one? I I love Simons so much, and you know he showed basically showed exactly what we hoped early in the season. And then, you know, he's it's been like sick on and off the last couple of weeks. And it feels like that's impacting him a little bit. I think the Blazers just sucking is also dragging him down. Uh, but if, if you're punting points, I guess Derek white. Yeah. Then that makes sense because Simon's gives you, you know, okay. Rebounding for size. Okay. Assists um, really nothing defensively whatsoever. Uh, the big thing, I guess you'd be losing other than points would be threes. Uh, because he is very three-point dependent, gets to the line a decent amount. But if you're okay punting points, then yeah, I think I'd prefer Derek White because that's you know points are, are really what you're seeking with Simons. Yeah, Simons has been a little cold shooting the ball lately. I still think he has like top sixty upside ideally, but White's been playing at top sixty upside like all season, or he's been play- he's been there. So um, yeah, I would I would want White. I think actually, yeah. Uh, good question for Paul. Is Chris Paul a hold or a drop? You know, we talked about some of these these injured guys being let go in, in some competitive leagues earlier. Uh, last update we got was like almost two weeks ago that he'll be reevaluated in three weeks. So could be back right before the All-Star break. Would not be surprised if this goes till after the break, but what, what, what say you on dropping him? Eight caddies ranked 111th. It wasn't It wasn't like trending up or anything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he's kind of just been this guy all year. I think it's a fine drop, to be honest. I mean, if your IR is full, um, mm-hmm. anybody outside the top 100, if you're in a standard league, you don't really need to be rostering, assuming you're not expecting anything crazy. I think you can drop him. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, all right. We'll do a couple more and then be out of here. Thinking of giving, so he'd be offering Daniel Gafford and Wendell Carter for Darius Garland because of playoff schedule. Um, is it worth it, basically, to, to to make this deal, take the short-term hit, and then get Garland later? Gafford and Wendell Carter Jr. Um, the thing is, in a points league, um, you're just it's like it's it's a lot more straightforward with some of these trades because you're just you're just adding up the total points. Right. So, um. You know, with Gafford, he's averaging 30 fantasy points a game, which I think is more than than people kind of realize. And with Wendell Carter showing like 30 fantasy point per game upside, that's 60. Garland's going to get you 40, probably. Um, so I think I would rather keep the two guys. Um, if you if you think the playoff schedule is like way way better, I understand wanting to make this move, but. It's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, it has a chance to be even, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you broke that down well. The only other thing I would say is, are you starting both Gafford and Carter Jr.? Or if you're choosing one or the other and you can't start them both each week because they are both centers, obviously, um, then I would just do the do the deal and get Garland. But if you're if you're able to start them both, then like Alex said, you know, the math is, is pretty simple to add up. And I think that's your better option especially not knowing when Garland's coming back. He's going to miss at least three more games. There's been no real indication that he's all that close. And uh, you just never know with, with something like a broken jaw. Um, Chahu says, who would you prefer in a 12 team points league, Buddy Heald or Markel Fultz? Tough, tough question. Probably Fultz because you aren't like a lot of Heald's value. When we talk about Heald and fantasy is the three pointers and you don't get a bonus for that in a points league. Like there's no, yeah, like a real bonus for that. Um, so I would I would go Fultz, even though we have some injury concerns. It's just that Heald is Heald has been up and down. Like he's playing real well lately, starting the past five games and everything, but like he's averaging 24 fantasy points a game. There should be a million guys in the waiver wire close to 24 points a game, especially if you consider guys on four game weeks. Yeah. Um I, I think I'd rather have Fultz for the upside. Yep, you said it. I mean, love healed in category leagues. Every year he's top five in total made threes. He's inching his way toward that. Um, actually, by the end of the week, he'll probably be in the top five with Trey Young missing time. So, uh, yeah, just a, a different player in points league uh, than he is in category leagues. Um, all right, let's see. This is a good one. Would you trade Jaron Jackson for Siakam? Points league. Probably. Yeah, I'm worried about. Jaron's action yeah. getting shut down for sure. Yep. Yeah, I, I worry about that too. Um, you know, the inefficiency, less of a concern in points. Uh, I do think Jaron Jackson is a slightly better player, but I think I think Siakam's going to take off over these next few weeks in Indy. Um, all right, let's do let's do one more and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, let's see. I mean. Well, this is a good one because we just talked about Fultz. Cam Johnson or Fultz? I, I would still go Cam. I, I'm, I th- I'm a little concerned by what I've seen for Fultz. I think I would still go Cam Johnson because I think he's just, first of all, I think he's just cold shooting. He's averaging 25 points a game on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if Fultz is 100% healthy. Like, it's hard for me to say, you know, we again, we just talked about Fultz. And there are situations where you should pick him up. Um, but I think it's a decent buy low on Cam Johnson. Uh, worth holding Shaden Sharp on IR. Totally. This is a, it depends for me. I do think when I mean, we saw it at the end of last year, like they're not shutting him down, right? Like if, if they do go into shutdown mode, it's Grant. You know, I guess it could be Simons, although he's young enough that you wouldn't think they need to, um, you know, Brogdon, we'll see if he's even on the roster, Aiton, but Sharp went nuts at the end of last year. The question is, is like, is it just too late? And it doesn't even count for fantasy. Very possible. Yeah, and I think Sharp's a little bit of an overrated category league player anyway. In a points league, I would say he's 100% worth a stash if you can, again, if you don't need the spot necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, But yeah, in category leagues, he's he's not like a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, Appreciate the kind words here from Manila's Most Wanted. I wish we could do this every day, man. Us too. One of the best fantasy weekly shows. We do do it every day. Not Alex and I. Uh, I will say that, but we do have streams going every Monday through Friday. Uh, so I'm with Alex on Mondays, uh, but we got Steve, Dr. Ray, a recent Hall of Famer in the fantasy industry. He hosts on Tuesdays. I'm back with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday. We do a very similar show to this one on Wednesday mornings. 
Uh, and then Alex is back on Fridays with Ken and Shannon. Uh, that's always a, a really fun one. That one does numbers. Uh, you guys talk waiver wire, super valuable uh, going into the weekend. So while you don't get Alex and I every day, uh, we, we do have five streams a week. So make sure you check those out uh, on Twitter or on the Roadwire YouTube page. We'll end on this one, Alex. Uh, Matt says, thanks, guys. Appreciate the, sh the show. Appreciate you listening, Matt. Too bad about the Packers, but I'm excited about their future. Yes, I am as well. Do you see the Bucks making any moves before the deadline? This is uh, near and dear to our hearts. We had that weird report that they were interested in DeJounte Murray. You and I kind of talked about that. I'm like, with what assets? Um, I think they will. I would think they will try to uh, make a move. Um, in my opinion, I don't think they should be shy about trading guys like Bochamp um, or Andre Jackson and Payne and whatever picks they can trade on. I don't think they should be shy about that. Uh, I know some people are kind of attached to Bochamp. He's fine. If if you can get someone like even like Caruso uh, or someone like that, I think you just you just do it. Delon Wright. I don't know. You just do it. Yeah, I think those are far more realistic targets. I mean, I had so many people text me last week like, "Are, are we getting Dejounte Murray?" I'm like, "How? How, man? Like, I mean, are, <laughs> do they want? Are you sending out Chris Middleton? Uh, you know, like for one, matching salaries is is one thing, but even even if that wasn't a consideration, it's like." You know, to the, are the Hawks dying to get their hands on Pat Connaughton? Uh, you know, Andre Jackson and, and Marjan Bochamp, I think, have some value. I don't think those are the the key pieces in a Dejounte Murray trade. Uh, I just I just don't think that type of deal is likely for Milwaukee. I, I think they'll, yeah, maybe you get a third team involved, I guess. But uh, again, like Milwaukee's, you know, all their draft capital is tied up through twenty thirty, so they don't really have a whole lot they could put on the table there either. Um, I just I don't. I don't really see it. You know, that's you go all in to get Damian Lillard. That's the price you pay is you, you just don't really have that kind of flexibility. So I, I think they'll do something. They'll, they'll obviously be active in the buyout market, but I don't, I would be very surprised if they find a way to bring in someone the caliber of Murray. Um, all right, guys. Thanks everybody for listening, watching along live. You can catch the archive version on YouTube whenever you want. Uh, we, we put this on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your pods as well. So just subscribe to the road wire fantasy basketball pod. Check us out, roadwire.com slash basketball. We put a ton of content up there every single day throughout the season and during the offseason for what it's worth. Um, you can also hear Alex and I Monday through Friday on Sirius XM NBA radio. Uh, we do a, a preview show talking gambling, talking fantasy. That is 7 to 7.30 Eastern Monday through Friday. Uh, you can hear me on the Fantasy Channel, uh, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Monday through Thursday as well. So thanks for another good show, guys. These were great batch of questions. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday with Brandon. Alex, you'll be back Friday and we'll be back together next week, Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.